great to see you here today. Hope you had a good holiday season. We're starting a new series. We're on part one of this six-part series on advancing your career. Today, I want to talk about the worth of your work. The Bible talks a lot about work. It makes sense because you're going to spend 40% of your waking hours working. The average American will spend 150,000 hours of their life at work. So obviously, if it's that big of a portion of your life, the Bible has a lot to say about work. In Ecclesiastes 3.9, it says, what does the worker gain from his toil? What do you gain from it? Is it just a curse to have to work? Or do you gain something from what you do? So we're going to look at that. Why work? Why not just stay home? You know, what is it about work that, that, uh, that would make us want to do it? Well, there's reasons why we should work. Uh, number one is work is God's idea. He's the one that came up with it. Sometimes, you know, you say, well, why work? And to pay off my bills or to get rich or I want to retire. But there's a lot more to work than just trying to retire. So first of all, why work? God is, it's God's idea. It's his plan from the beginning. In Genesis, it says, so God created man in his own image, male and female, and said to them, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over it. Now, God creates us in his image. You remember that God worked six days creating everything in the story, then the seventh day he rests. So you have this example of God working. Then he creates us in his image, which gives me the idea that if we're created in his image and he's a worker, so he worked six days, took one day off uh, in that example of creation. Well, that implies, I think, to us that we work if we're in his image. And then he, you know, put them in the Garden of Eden and he said, rule over it. What was that? That's work. So he has them working in the Garden of Eden. So God's a worker himself. He makes us in his image. We're workers. He created it. People say, well, it wasn't work part of the curse in the Bible, and it wasn't. Work is not the curse. Now, the, the curse was that because their sin, now work can be painful. It wasn't work because work was going on before they sinned. They were already working in the garden, taking care of it. Contrary to popular opinion, the oldest profession is landscaping. You know, they were in the garden working. So the curse was never, you guys are cursed because of sinning, now you have to work, because they were already working. The curse was, now your work will be miserable sometimes. Now your work will be disappointing sometimes. And that, that's what's hard, is when you pour your life into something, and then it takes a turn in the wrong way. Because we live in a fallen world now, where work, you, you can work hard, and then there's, there can be... A, disappointment, uh, there can be heartache, there can be discouragement, you can do everything right, but in a fallen world, somebody else does something wrong and it affects you and your business goes down and you were actually trying to do everything ethical. Because in a fallen world, now you can work and work and work and sometimes hit a wall and not have the results that you want. But work itself is a blessing from God. God blesses you with work. It's not like a necessary evil that you have to do to survive. It's a blessing. You gain a lot of things through work. 
Look at John 5, 17. Jesus says, my father is always at his work, always. My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. So you have the idea that God's at work, Jesus is at work. So apparently work is a godly thing. So I don't see anything in there that would give us the idea that work's a necessary evil. Work's a godly thing. It's a good thing. It's good for your health, you know, to get out there and, and do something, you know, with your life. It's good for your mind. It's good for you and every, it's good socially. There's so many benefits from working. So it's God's idea. Before the fall, before sin came in, mankind, we were working. God created us to do work, to be like him. So work's not a bad idea. Number two, when it comes to why work, work supplies our needs. Now, that's the obvious one that we always think of. Like, why do we work? Because my family needs to eat. You know, we, we need to meet the needs of our family. We don't want to be a burden on other people. If I'm working, then I'm not a burden on society. Look at Second Thessalonians. It says, this is Paul speaking, we were not idle when we were with you. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden on any of you. So this is Paul. And he's saying, no one can accuse me of being a freeloader. I was out there working. I worked hard. I was self-supporting. Where Peter was doing ministry with the Jews, and he was receiving a salary for his ministry, but because Paul was going to Gentiles that didn't know the Lord, obviously he's not going to ask them for money, so he was doing missionary work. So when he would go over there, he was a tent maker. So he'd move into town and he'd make his tents, and he was working on the side to support his mission so that none of them could think that he was a freeloader because they wouldn't understand. His situation was different than Peter's because of where God had called him. But he worked. He worked, and it was a good thing. Uh, He didn't want them to feel like he's a freeloader. Society can be full of freeloaders. But God is saying, no, 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 get out there and work. There's been criticism of people who don't want to work. You hear it a lot. We're not talking about people that can't work. There are some people that can't work. Some people physically can't work. Some people can't work because they're looking for a job, but they just haven't found one. It's not that they don't want to work. They can't. And we have, as a church and as a ministry and as people of God, Scripture tells us over and over that we're to minister to those people. If there's somebody that can't work, either they they really can't find a job, there's more people than there are jobs. As a church, we want to minister to the needs of people. We want to help the homeless. By the way, I want to thank everybody that went to the Long Beach Mission last night. It's a great example because sometimes... We don't see what's really happening in the world. And it's good to experience that and see that there's people that are hurting. There are people in this country that's hungry. Those that experienced that yesterday, it's life-changing in a way because it just helps you to see, you know, the world and what's out there. So I appreciate everybody that was there uh, last night doing that. Captain John Smith of the Mayflower, he had a rule, and it was, If you don't work, you can't share in the mills. So everybody in his ship that was coming over to the new world, they knew that the requirement to come over was to work. Was he being mean? Was he being cruel? Like, you mean he really wouldn't let people eat if they didn't work? 
Yeah, that's the truth. He Obviously, if they were sick, it was never meant to be a punishment for someone that couldn't work. They were required. That's part of it. Is you're part of this, you have to work and earn your food to get to the, the new world. Where would he get such a radical idea like that? Why would he say something like that? Well, in 2 Thessalonians 3.10, it says, If a man will not work, he shall not eat. He got it from the Bible. It's biblical. So if a man will not work, he does not eat. There are some people that by helping them out financially, you're actually hurting them. There's other people that you need to help out financially because uh, they actually need the help. But God wants you to use wisdom. God wants you to use wisdom. Like, is this something I should be helping or not? Or am I actually ma- am I making things worse or better by helping this person? Because there are really no free lunches. You know, people have to learn to work. And it's good for them. It gives them self-respect. Look at 1 Timothy 5.8. This is written to a believer, of course. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So the Bible is saying, if I'm able to, and I don't get out there and work and try to take care of my family, that I'm worse than an unbeliever. Why would it be worse than an unbeliever? Because as a Christian, I should know better. Maybe an unbeliever hasn't walked with God. Maybe he's out of tune with spiritual things. And you can say, shame on him. That's a bad example. Look at what he's doing for his, to his family. He's not out there working. He's not taking care of his family. But as a Christian, it's saying, you're even worse than them. Well, how can I be worse if we're doing the same thing? Because you know better because you follow Christ. So saying if you're a Christian and you don't do what you can to support your family, you're worse than an unbeliever. It says you've denied your faith. You know, we think of, you know what we think of denying our faith means? We think like somebody coming in with a machine gun and they say, deny your faith or you're going to die. And he's saying, no, denying your faith is you call yourself a Christian and you don't even work to take care of your family. You've denied your faith by your actions. When you see it like that, you think, whoa, so God really takes work seriously. I have a responsibility for my family. I've got to do everything I can to help them. The number three, why work? Work develops by character. There are so many things in your character that get developed through work that, that you can't get any other way. One of the things I've seen over and over again with people that don't want to work is it's a character issue. They don't want a boss telling them what to do. And that's what causes them. They, they lose their jobs a lot because they can't follow a authority and they can't give in and do what the boss says. They lose their jobs. And it's a character quality that they need to change. Because if you can't take direction from other people, you can't make it in this world. And the funny thing is I talk to these people And they say, this boss is so bad, and this boss did this, and this boss. And they can't see that they're the common denominator. It's them. It's them. They're the ones that cause the problems because they can't submit to their boss. The boss isn't telling them to do something unethical. The boss isn't saying, okay, okay, today at work we're going to rob the bank. No, that's not what the boss is saying. But the boss is giving them instructions, and they're resisting. 
you learn character uh, through work. Look at Luke 16, 10 through 12. Whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with much. If you have not been trusted in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you your own? When you're working for someone, you're being entrusted with their property. You know, and what they're saying is if I'm working for him, if I can't be trusted in how I handle his property, why would God bless me with something of my own? One of the, you know, some people say my dream would be to run my own business one day. And they're even praying about it. And God is saying, you're not ready because you don't treat his business with the respect. Like giving it 100%. Okay, I'm going to work for him as if, as if I'm working for the Lord, like Scripture says. So why would God want to trust you with your dream if you can't handle somebody else's property right? If you're not faithful in the little things, who's going to trust you with the big things? If you're not trustworthy with somebody else's property, who's going to give you your own? And he's talking about God. Why would God bless you in that way? Why is this? Because God is more concerned about your character than your comfort. That's what it is. It's your character that counts. And God wants you to develop that character. If God gave you that dream without developing your character first, you'd end up losing it anyway. A lot of work is about developing your character. He's more, in, he's more interest, interested in perfecting you than in pampering you. So work is a place that teaches you that, where you get perfected. Think of the things that you learn at work. Honesty, dependability, because you have to show up on a regular basis, loyalty, Sensitivity, because you're dealing with people. Patience, self-control, enthusiasm, flexibility, persistence, cheerfulness. Sometimes at work, you have to smile and act like things are good as the customer's coming in, even though on the inside, you're feeling something different. But you have to be cheerful. If, if you're selling something to somebody, and it's a bad day at home, you know what you do to your customer? You don't try to sell them something with, oh, I'm having a bad... No, you smile and... It teaches you, that takes character to pull that off when you don't feel like it. Fairness, integrity, confidence, forgiveness, punctuality. There's all kinds of character that's developed through your job. Your job is like the classroom for character. Some people can't stand their boss. I think that that boss is there for a reason. Sometimes you have a boss that you just don't like the way they are, but that builds your character. You have to learn to deal with somebody in an authority position that's uncomfortable, and you have to learn how to deal with those situations. That's a part of life, is learning to deal with people that are difficult. And obviously, if things are really bad, you can look for another job. But while you're there, you still have to deal with it. You might not be able to find another job. You know, sometimes there's not another job available. But what you do is you learn how to deal with people. That's a part of growing your character. The most important thing from work is not your paycheck. It's important. But the most important thing is your character. How is it making you a different person? How is it making you a better person? When you're looking for a job, most people, when they look for a job, the bottom line is the offer, the paycheck. You know, okay, this person offers me this much money. This person offers me this much money. That one's higher pay, so I'm taking it. I'm not saying that pay is not important, but what would be more important is character building. Like, in what environment 
Am I going to develop as a person more? What, in what environment is it going to help me to be a better person? Because sometimes it's better to take the job that pays less, but it's a better thing for you long term. I have a friend who turned down a job that was better pay, not a whole lot better, but it was better pay, to work at the L.A. Mission, where the pay was lower, because it's a L.A. Mission, you know, they, were, they depend on, you know, people donating money to them. So, but he felt like as a person, he was growing way more working with the homeless at the L.A. Mission than he would at the job that paid him better, but it wasn't impacting his life. It was a good job, too. It'd be a job that he'd go to and go home, go to and go home. He'd get paid better, but it wouldn't impact his life. So for him, he picked, and he has a family. And even with the family, he picked a lower pay because he knew it was going to be better for him as a person. Through it, he becomes a better dad. He becomes a better husband. There's a lot of things in there that would build him up as a person and in his character that the benefit of that over, was overwhelmingly better than the benefit of the higher-paying job. So you have to look into that because um, uh, it's not about how much you get paid as much as what it's going to do for you as a person. Obviously, you need enough money to pay for your family, to take care of your family, but uh, you know there's more to work than the paycheck. Number four, why work? Work allows me to be generous. One of the reasons why God wants to bless you through work is so that you can bless other people. You know, if I can, if God blesses me with money, have you ever thought like that? Like, wow. Most, it's a lot of people when they think, wow, if God blessed me with a lot of money, I buy this house and I go on this vacation and stuff like this. That's how some people think. But I know that there's us, I, I know I'm not the only one, there's other people like this, that the first thing that I think, man, if God blessed me with money, I, first of all, I could help that person. They've been wanting to get a house. And they're such good people, but they just don't quite have that down payment. And see, that's how my mind works. The church, what we could do. Uh, The last thing I really care about is like, oh, I could have a house in PB and all these type of things, you know. But I think like what we could do as a church, what we could do to make a difference in the world, how we can impact lives. And that's how my mind goes. And I know I'm not the only one that thinks this way, you know. Um, But it allows you to be generous, so you think, wow, money gives me a chance to do those things I dream of doing for other people. In Ephesians, it says, we must work doing something useful with our own hands so that we may have something to share with those in need. Isn't that great? So that we might have something to share with those in need. In other words, if I don't work, I don't have money, I don't have anything I can share with those in need. But if I work and I have some money, I have something I can do to share um, with others. It might be a radical idea, but maybe someone whose dream is to, my dream is to retire and take it easy. Maybe after reading this verse, you might say, oh, maybe I don't want to retire because I don't need the money anymore because I'm already set now. But if I kept working, I have more money to help other people. It's a generous mindset. Sometimes retiring is not the right answer. If I don't have the money, how can I help somebody else? So we want to be generous, and we can't do that without money. Number five, why work? Work's an example to other people. It's an example to others. 
it's in that work setting that I can live out my Christian example probably better than anywhere else, especially when it's 40% of your waking hours are there. In 1 Thessalonians 4.11, it says, Make it your aim to live a quiet life, to mind your own business, and earn your own living. So that's the aim. Like, I want to make sure I earn my own living. In this way, you will win the respect of those who are not believers. You think, what? I win the respect of those that are not believers by how I earn my own living? Yeah, because that's where you're an example around the unbelievers. Because usually when you're at work, you're not in a setting where everybody that you work with are Christians. You're usually surrounded by a lot of people that don't know the Lord yet. And what a better example is to have a Christian there to, so people see an example. They say, wow, that's how Christians are. It also tells you this. Because you're a believer in Christ, you need to really be aware of how you work. Because if the people around you say, look at you as an example and say, that's how Christians work. Are, is that a negative thing? Like, oh, that's how Christians work. They're lousy. Look at this person. Or does it mean that's how Christians work? Meaning, wow, you want to hire Christians. They're great. You know, because you're an example of what a Christian's like. So you want to make sure that they look at you and when they think of this is how Christians work, it's a good thing. Think about it in the Bible. Joseph and Daniel, both of them, they were such good workers, so much integrity that the pagans around them started worshiping their God because of how they were at work, the type of people they were. They weren't the people, when you read their stories, they weren't the type of followers of God that were talking, 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 talking about their relationship with God. But they were the, they were the followers of God that really had faith and trusted God and worked really unbelievably well. And that's what caught their attention. Now, when it caught their attention, people paid attention to their spiritual life. Some people tried to ruin them. But at the end, like with Daniel, the king ends up worshiping the God of the Bible because of, his, because of how Daniel was, his character, his integrity. It was through his work. Same way with Joseph. It's through his work that he rose to the top. And it got people opened up their hearts to God because of what a follower of God was acting like. So when we think about that, God places us in work settings around people that don't know him so that we can be a light in a dark world. Think of this. At work, is work a better place because I'm there? Is the environment and attitude a better place because of how my attitude is at work? Am I a light? If I, weren't to, if I were to leave that job and go... Would it be like the environment would go down a bit because my attitude not being there would be a negative thing, but my attitude being there brings it up? You know, what type of impact am I making at work? Am I being a Christian at work? I don't think there's a greater platform that you can find to be an influence in people's lives because you're there so much. I used to think like, I spend so many hours at work. You know, at work, you have a picture of your, you know, uh, wife and kids so you can show the people at work in your wallet. Well, I felt like you spend more time at work. Maybe I should have a picture of my work people so when I go home, I can show my wife their picture. You know, because it seems like we're there more than we're at home. You know, like it's got backwards somehow. 
So where there's so much, we want to use it for the good. I meet Christians who say things like, you know, I want to work in a Christian environment. I hate where I work. The language is bad and this and that. I'm thinking, what are you talking about? You can put up with some bad language, but you're there for a reason. They need to see what a Christian's like. If, if, if we would all as Christians say, oh, the language is bad here and this and that. I wish I didn't have to work here. I, I want to work with Christians only. Well, who would be an example to those people about, you know, Christ? Praise God you're there. That's exactly where you need to be. As you need to be around people that need a bright example, people that need to see something positive. It's a great thing to be in that position. That's the only way that you can influence people like that. So it's a good thing. Don't think like, I wish I could isolate from those people. No, you want to be in the middle of them and you want to love them. And you want them to be able to see like, oh, you know, life doesn't have to be that bad. There are some positive people in the world. It's a great thing uh, to be surrounded and worked by people that don't know the Lord. It's a great opportunity for them to see the light. I want them to see the light. I, I love so much that I'm coaching now. You know, I coach a couple hours every day just as a volunteer thing in the city. Just to, it's a way for me to... I, I, it's a couple reasons why I start coaching. One is so I could get my kids into a good high school. You know, because uh, it's the best high school you can probably go to there in Manhattan Beach. And as a coach, my kids automatically get in. They, you know, I have no problem getting them there. But that was one of the reasons. But another reason is being working in the church, I was surrounded by Christians all the time. And I thought, you know, when, you know I, when's the last time I personally was leading somebody to Christ other than somebody else bringing them here, you know? And you kind of lose your touch of trying to be in a light to the world because you're surrounded by Christians. I love it so much because there I'm surrounded by people that don't know the Lord, families, and, and I'm able to be a light to them. And they talk to me, and I've done counseling for families, and just all kinds of doors have opened up to people that had no interest at first. They had no interest at all in spiritual things, and some of them have become Christians and it's just exciting to see what happens. And I love to have that opportunity to be surrounded by people that don't know the Lord yet. So I can be an example to them. I want them to know that there's a difference. So it's a, it's a great thing. I don't think that God wants us to join convents. You know, I, I think he wants us to be in the world so we can influence people in the right way. Then why work? Work gives me self-respect. In Proverbs, it says, do you know a hardworking man? He shall be successful and stand before kings. The value of hard work is success. I liked it. I like success. And to stand before kings. You know, it, this is saying even the kings or the presidents look at you with respect if you're successful, if you work hard. You get honor, you get dignity when you do legitimate work. You know, there's emotional rewards that you get from work because that feeling of self-respect, you know, that sense of accomplishment. You're working on something, then you see it completed, and you feel good. You feel like, I didn't waste my life. 
you know, look at what we were able to do. So there's a lot of things. Paul had this. At the end of his life, he said, I finished the race. You know, I fought the good fight. What's he saying? I feel very satisfied about what I did. I look back at what, what was he looking back at? He's looking back at his work. He was, a minister, he was a minister, of course, but he's looking back at his work. And he said, I fought the good fight. You know, I finished the race. He's saying, I feel good about what's happened. I feel like my life counted. Because there's a lot of people that don't feel like their life counts. He felt like his life counted. Because you get that sense of satisfaction when you put in hard work and you, and you feel like it did something. Jesus, when he was on the cross, he said, it's finished. What's he talking about? His work. And when he says it's finished, he's saying he completed it. His work, what was his ultimate work, was to bring about salvation. That was the ultimate plan, is to bring about salvation. Him dying on the cross to pay off the penalty of our sins. He didn't say, I'm finished. No, he says, it's finished. It was a victory shout in his pain. It was a victory shout. It's like, I did it. I did what I was supposed to do. There's a sense of accomplishment there. People are happiest when they're striving for something worthwhile and meaningful. In the Garden of Eden, God gave them work to do. Paradise, when we think of paradise, we think of going to Hawaii or Tahiti and laying out on a beach, you know, or something like that. You know, that's not paradise because in paradise they were working. Someone says, well, I just want to retire and just go to the beach. In less than a month, you'll be bored out of your mind. I can remember when I was in Brazil for a while, I was there for an extended time, and I thought, uh, I have some time off, so uh, I'll go to the beach every morning, you know, and I envision, like, I'll walk to the beach, I'll pray, I'll read my Bible, I'll spend time there, and I did it the first day, and then the second day, I think I did it, and then the third day, oh, I don't feel like going to the beach today, and then I just stayed at home, and then maybe four days after that, I went again. And then maybe two weeks after that, I went again. And by the end of it, I wasn't going to the beach that much. You know, because in your mind, you're thinking, I'm going to relax on the beach. But what happens is you do that two or three days, and you know what? You're tired of relaxing on the beach. You're bored. You know? And I think, well, you know, I just stay at home and read my Bible and pray, and maybe I'll go walking in the city and do something. But after a while, you're just spending too much time doing this with nothing to do. So... It's, you have this dream, like if I get away, we'll, that's why vacations usually only last a week or two. Because after a week or two, you're bored with your vacation, and you've got, okay, that's enough. I'm done with that. Let's get back to work. I've got to get going again. Have kids that are on a break, the high school kids I'm working with, they have their two-week winter break, and I was talking to a kid yesterday, and he said, oh, I'm so bored. I can't wait till school starts back. I thought, wait a minute. Did I hear that? This kid wants school to start back? Because... You have a sense of accomplishment. You go to work. I mean, you have something to do now. You're pursuing something, whether it be grades or whatever. Because it sounds great. I can't wait till vacation time comes. But by the end of the vacation time, you're glad it's over. So when you think, oh, I just want to retire, uh, don't think like that. It's not what you're expecting. You'll retire, and after one week, you're bored stiff, and you're thinking, what am I going to do the rest of my life? So I I say keep doing something, something with your life. There's emotional benefits for working. It builds self-respect. I meet people who are depressed. 
I think uh, the number one reason for depression is low self-esteem. I think we have a lot of that. I think that's why there's a high teen suicide rate. And studies have been done that have shown that the more free time that people have, the more depression comes. And the reason why is if they don't have meaning and purpose in their life and a reason for doing things, people tend to get depressed. So uh, there needs to be balance with that. God created us to want to do something with our life. Kids graduate, and sometimes the parents subsidize them because the kid doesn't know what to do. Well, come on. They graduated. The kid knows what to do. Get a job. And subsidizing them isn't the answer. The answer is, okay, you're a grown-up now. Get a job and get them out there because they need to do something with their life. You know, uh, they've got to try. If you subsidize them, you're harming them. You're not helping them. In these six purposes of why to work, notice how not one of them was why work to get rich. You won't find in Scripture that that's a real reason to work. Okay? It's, you know, money is a side issue. But getting rich, why is that? If you think getting rich is the reason to work, you'll take the wrong job. And you'll end up being miserable. Or you compromise. You take a job that's not ethical. Why? To get rich. If the goal is to get rich, I'll take the unethical job. So the, the goal can never be about getting rich. That's just a side issue. You know, you do need pay. You do need pay, but that's a side issue. The most important thing is that you do what's going to be meaningful and satisfying to you. And then if that includes, get, if getting rich becomes a part of that, great. But don't ever think that getting rich is going to make you happy. Because you'll be miserable if you're making a lot of money, but you hate going to work. Can you imagine eight hours every day of your life being some place that you cannot stand doing it, and you feel like you're not fit for that? That's a horrible way to live. So you want to have meaning in your life. You want, you want to do everything you can to find a job that you find some satisfaction in, or else life becomes really miserable where you're just living for the weekends. The weekends are never long enough. So you want to go to work and say, I actually enjoy working here. Maybe you don't enjoy it because you have to change your attitude. Maybe it's not that bad. It's just my attitude needs to change. Maybe you've had a wrong idea about work or you've seen work as a curse. You have to think, wait a minute. It's not a curse. It's a blessing. God's using this to build my character. God's using this to make me a better person. There was a study by the Princeton Management Association and it said between 50 and 80%, that's a big variation there, of people in America are in the wrong job. So, but they're saying more than half of the people are in a job that they're not really suited for. If that's you, I'm not saying quit your job, but look for something that you're more suited for. And it says four out of five Americans say that they're not happy at work. Four out of five. Part of that might be their own attitude. Maybe it's them. I'm the problem. I need to change my attitude. But it's very likely, too, that some of them are just not at the right place for who they are. So it's okay to, to keep that job, but look for something that you're a better fit. And maybe it is better to take a little bit less money, but work someplace where you're happy to go to work, where it's something that's good for you. Work is God's idea. 
God wants to do it to build your character. He wants you to be an example to other people. Regardless of what you do, your work matters. It matters. It matters to God. You know, God wants you to use it to help others, and God wants to use it to help you. Here's the prayer that I would say everybody should pray about their work. Number one, God, use me at work to make a positive difference. But also, God, use work to make a change in me. It goes both ways. Because work can be used to change you, and God can use you to make a positive difference at the work. And that's a good prayer to have about your work. We're studying this for six weeks because it's such a major part of our life. And the Bible has a lot to say about us in our work. So with that, this is just kind of an introductory into the series. But with this, uh, let's pray. Father, you've given us all work to do. You didn't put us in this world just to breathe and die. Lord, you want us to work. You want us to use our life for a significant reason. And part of that is to work. And Lord, as we seek legitimate, honest work, we're expecting you to do things in our life. Lord, we want our character to be built up. We want to be the type of people that we can be an example of you to the world. We thank you that work is a blessing. It's meant for our good. And Lord, over these next six weeks, we're making a commitment to learn everything we can about work so that we can be the best workers possible that would honor you with how we live. Lord, we want to thank you for all the ways that you bless us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.